welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. And we have a couple of announcements. First of all, it is Share the Show Tuesday. On Share the Show Tuesday, we ask you to reach out to people you know who are sick of the news or ready to be woke or just need a sense. I mean, woke in the old, awakened in the old sense of the word, or need to just have a sense of community. Because a lot of people right now where they're living, it's madness all around. And we are here to tell you there are thousands upon thousands of people who see reality, who understand how it's working, and who do not can't can barely get their minds around the fact that it seems like the majority of the people are just uh living a lie. So this is for you. Share this with your friends. And what we do is we take, it's called the propaganda report. This is our daily show, the Drive Time News Blast. We take the news of the day. The news that is pushed out by the mainstream media, which is very carefully selected, 90% of it is to is to spin stories and facts to promote an agenda. 10% of it is them spinning real stories away from the truth that they imply so that it's damage control. So we're here to separate that stuff out, to explain, pull back the curtain, let you know what it's all about. And then we don't care what you think about it as long as you think about it. I'd say 90% of it is narrative warfare. Yes. Or as someone pointed out to me, and it's a, it is a good way of thinking of it, I think they might have gotten it from no agenda, is if you look at the news as, in addition to what you're saying is a little bit deeper, but if you look at the news as all advertising, mm-hmm. I actually have a story that brings that out in today's show. I'll tell you about it. It's like, and... and Uh, We had gotten an email a while back that said they're changing the vaccine narrative from um, science and shame to should have got the jab or should have got the shot. You could just see an avalanche of the the story, the narrative and the story is just changing over the next week or two. It was amazing. So this gives you a little heads up to that. Then when you're trying to talk some sense into your teenager or your mother-in-law, and you, you're right time after time, and they see the future with you, they, it, the scales will fall from their eyes. Once you recognize what that overarching narrative is and the way that it shifts, then you can predict what these stories will be because they have to fit and serve that overarching narrative. And I have to say, there is something amusing about it because once you see it, it's so silly and obvious. It's not... If you don't laugh, you cry, but we always have a lot of laughs. And I have a message for existing listeners. There's many, many of those. We have our 30-minute free show, which is what we do now. It's got a little commercial and a little promo, but even those we love because our sponsors support us and they're like-minded. Nobody advertises with us who isn't of like mind. Uh, So we do 30 minutes free for everybody to share, but we also do a 45-minute commercial free version now called the dnb drive time news blast xr for extended release the dnb xr is available on patreon that's the where you can get it with an rss feed that goes into your favorite podcasting platform or if you are interested maybe even and if you're interested in rockfin which is just a huge wealth of uh unique 
exclusive material by many, many creators that you get access to. We're also now putting the DNB XR on Rockfin. So if you're a patron subscriber, you won't notice any difference. Only if you're Rockfin, you get that. But that's more in a video format. It's not a video, but it's not like you can't put it on your podcasting platform at this time. But just trying to clarify, we just launched that yesterday. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Patreon.com slash propaganda report. Now this is sounding like an ad, which I really didn't want it to be. (laughs) So let's move on and not give an ad to Brad Raffensperger, but we are going to have to talk about what he's selling. This is the most most infuriating story for me for a long time and possibly might be for you as well. Brad Raffensperger is the Georgia Secretary of State who, in my opinion, is a fake Republican and a fraud who's done nothing but attempt to railroad the only attempt by Georgia VA and Garland Favrito to fight for election integrity in Georgia. He's tried to railroad it at every single turn. This man, Brad Raffensperger is now publishing a book titled Integrity Counts. Are you kidding me? Nope. You and you know it's being me? it's being published by Simon and Schuster, the agency that only publishes progressive mainstream narrative serving books oh and God. will not let any other book get through they will they Who did they didn't they cancel a couple of guys i think i feel like they canceled the congressman they and they were threatening jordan peterson they canceled books written by people who challenged the election i can't remember maybe josh holly i think josh holly yeah. was one of them yeah and holly for people north of the border sorry i have a little bit of a southern <laughs> twang here is what simon and schuster said about raffensperger's book They said this upcoming book is Raffensperger's inspiring story of commitment to integrity of American democracy and that Raffensperger will speak out in the book against the former president's false claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election. This is preposterous. This is horrifying. Welcome to 1984. This is a man who's done nothing but fight against election integrity, who's writing a book called Integrity Counts. This is 1984 Newspeak. I don't think new listeners are going to know, maybe don't know who he is or how come we know so much about him. Well, Raffensperger is a guy from Canada whose family has secret Twitter accounts that have been bashing, that would bash Trump and, and also push progressive agendas Every single day for a long time, I had to search to find his family's Twitter accounts. He went to some progressive school in Canada. Then he was planted in Georgia and Johns Creek, where he was groomed as a politician. And then he was put into place as a Georgia secretary of state. Like, and now every single weekend or almost every single weekend, we have a, a little sideshow we do on our YouTube channel propaganda report where we talked to garland favrito of voterga.org who is who is suing fulton county to inspect the ballots the mail-in ballots because they he, he has four different affidavits that are filed that say they observed fraud there were no folds when there should be folds in mail-in ballots it looked like the wrong paper stock and it appeared that the circles were filled out by a printer as if they were printed off already filled out. So he is fighting this fight, Garland, and he's basically fighting it against Raffensperger. And Raffensperger was supposed to be Republican. And what this did was it, uh, it, I believe that the, that, uh, what's his name off 
Ossoff, Ossoff is Ossoff. a senator now, and he wouldn't have been. I think he really lost that Senate race, not to mention I think that Biden lost Georgia, but I don't even care as much about that as I care about the Senate. Raffensperger is anti-democratic. He hates election integrity. This is an outrage. And it gets a little bit even worse because Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote a blurb about the book where he said that Brad Raffensperger put public service above party service. And for that, he's a true democracy action hero. And also, he is my hero. That will probably be published on the book. Raffensperger was on NBC, MSNBC's Morning Joe today, and he said that he's been, they've been reviewing, rebutting, and fighting all the misinformation, disinformation over the past 10 months, and it's not healthy for democracy, and there's no doubt in his mind that Vice President Biden carried the state of Georgia, ignoring what Garland Favrito has actually uncovered that nobody can dispute. Donate to Voter GA. This ticks me <laughs> off. We really sound ad heavy today, but we're not. Nobody really pays us for this kind of stuff. We we actually <laughs> donate to Garland ourselves. Yeah. We've we have uh contributed some of the money that we raised for even this podcast. We just forwarded on to Garland because he is fighting the good fight. And in my opinion, you have to have some process integrity. I'm not in it. I, neither Garland nor I voted for Trump. I'm not gonna ask you if you voted for Trump, but it doesn't matter because it's all I about didn't vote. Uh, Election integrity. Yeah, it's all about election integrity. And talk about integrity. Uh, there's there's not much integrity in journalism either these days. Few exceptions. There is some with Cheryl Atkinson, which I believe. I like her reporting. She does a great job, and she does a very good job on this very specific thing that she is reporting on right now. So Atkinson has published part of a report that she has done on the death counts across the country. When the pandemic first started, it was pretty obvious to a lot of us that, or it seemed obvious anyway, that it was a little bit suspect the way they were counting the deaths. And it seemed to lend itself to overcounting, despite the fact that Fauci and the CDC and everybody said, no, 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 it's undercounted. By millions, it's definitely undercounted. Right. And the whole thing would kind of be, well, you get a gunshot wound to the head, they test a dead body, positive for COVID, it's a COVID death. That was kind of the exaggerated yet also true example. <laughs> Yes. So Atkinson does these reports. She did this when she investigated the SARS in 2009, found there was millions of cases that were overreported, and she's doing the same thing here. Here's how she premises her report. She says, as hindsight comes into clearer focus, we're learning a lot about the mistakes about around the policies about the COVID-19 pandemic. One murky area involves the death numbers. And she goes on to say that today they begin with the startling results of their investigation that found in some documented cases news that COVID was the cause of death were greatly exaggerated. And she begins her investigation by going to these rural areas, right, where there's a low number of people and a low number of COVID deaths because there the local coroners are going to be familiar with all the deaths, whereas in the big city, they can't keep up with everything. And she documents this case from back in 2020 when a man shot and killed his wife and then he shot and killed himself. Both of the People had drugs and alcohol in their system, and they had a history of domestic violence towards each other. They were both labeled COVID deaths. Both By whom? Does it? Does she get into like how that happened? They have an administrator. She didn't get into the details of that a little bit. She talked kind of vaguely about it, the administrative process at the state, just labeling it, looking at 
case positives and not actually death certificates written by the coroner and labeling it a positive. The coroner in this case was shocked by this because she paid to do the investigation into the dead bodies and she actually wrote a death certificate and had nothing to do with COVID, had to do with gunshot wounds to the head. And then she found out that these two deaths were labeled COVID. So this coroner went on to do further investigation into the other two deaths in that county that were labeled COVID deaths. And she was really suspicious about these because she didn't remember who these people were and their deaths. So she contacted the local government and found their name and asked some questions and found out that the other two COVID deaths listed in her county were people who were still alive. What? People tested positive for COVID. The numbers got mixed up somehow, and they got listed as COVID deaths. And there was a handful of other deaths in that county that this coroner tracked and found not to be legitimate. And the point that Atkinson is making here is that with these, there were zero COVID deaths in this county in 2020. Yet the New York Times, in their report on the national number of deaths, still reported the domestic violence murder-suicide on the list and still reported the two people who were alive in their count, in their official count with the New York Times. The point being that if this is happening in these small towns where it can be tracked, What's happening in the big towns where the coroners can't keep up with all the deaths, where there's massive numbers of people? And And corruption. Absolutely. And Atkinson went down and contacted the governor, and he didn't have a a response, but she did look at the death numbers herself, and she found that – what was the total number? That the number of – okay, so the COVID-related death tally in Colorado was 13,485 at the time of the investigation. But when they separated out the deaths that were not directly caused by COVID, the number was cut nearly in half. Wow-wee, wow. I mean – there's no pandemic if you do that's, that. That's there, my there question. There barely yeah. was any. Yeah. Anyway, it's, like yeah. It, even the numbers aren't really that impressive as they fudge them. I I'm going to really link this article. Got, yeah. I only knew people got really sick after the vaccine. Rolled this out. is an extraordinary article, and she's going to continue publishing her reports for her investigation. She's doing state. She does great state to state work to subvert the federal massive numbers. Wow, good are for us. her. I, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop on her, but I don't. I like it's it. not dropping. I, I remember when she broke that operation fast and furious. Boy, if people really knew the story behind that, I kept waiting. I would wait for the Wall Street Journal to come every single day and run outside to see how they covered Eric Holder lying to the Senate. And they didn't. It was like on page six. I remember like, what? I mean, these were when the scales were falling off my eyes daily. Yeah. Did you know that in a county in California, Alameda County, you might have brought this if I remember correctly. I'm not sure, but they changed their methodology for counting COVID deaths back in June. And by changing it, they had to remove a bunch of deaths. They actually cut 400 people or 25% from their death toll. Oh, and then they can say deaths are up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like then they can go back and say, we have this new surge. It's the Delta variant, even though it's might be the Delta variant, but I think that's related to the vaccine. Yeah, they're probably manipulating numbers for that reason. It's disgusting. Since day one, the numbers have been really uh, an abomination. It, it, they have been a, um, a travesty of math. Like, I can't even do it. It's like from the very, very beginning. So I did want to get to if that do you have another point on that? 
No, that's good. Okay, there was one, I, when I was saying earlier about the advertising, this is a little bit of a different story, but I was watching, I was just trying to figure out what's happening with immigration right now. We have two big immigration stories. You have Afghanistan and you have Haiti. And these are, so the the Afghanistan story is that the refugees are coming over. And this is what I always say to like the Republicans used to call into my show and insist that we had to like destroy Assad because he was a monster or whatever. And I feel like, look, if you don't respect other people's sovereignty, maybe he is a monster. Maybe he locks up terrorists and stuff without giving them their rights. But you go in there and you blow up those countries and the floodgates open, the prisons open, and it spreads terrorists and refugees everywhere. So then what happens? They come here and then you start restricting our civil rights. Like you can't, that's not the way it works. So it's always to me when we interfere with foreign countries, we end up getting refugees who hate us instead of immigrants who are desperate for her to yearn to breathe free or whatever. So with this Afghanistan thing, I knew they'd be coming. I'm not opining on it. I'm not like loving or hating them. You know, all of my grandparents were immigrants and with one exception, whose whose parents, his parents were immigrants. And uh, so, but what I noticed was when I was trying to investigate the story, Fox had a video like that popped up and started playing one of the stories. And it talks about uh, 65,000 Afghan refugees coming by the end of the fiscal year, which is October. And then 30,000 more are slated for the next fiscal year, which probably means November for starters. That's 100,000. It's not, you know, that's a drop in the bucket, right? But I know that I've seen this before. It's called the human rights industry. They put ads in other countries. I, I My favorite example, because I know people um, from Cape Verde Island and from uh, Brock's. Brockton, Massachusetts, whatever. I've known people from both of those places who both agree that there's like signs and outreach for, you know, come to Brockton, you know, something crazy like that in Cape Verde Islanders off Africa. They just pick places to relocate and they don't pay any attention to like what would be a good immigration situation like Texas, California, Florida. A lot of people speak Spanish. Um, if you wanted like Ukrainian refugees or people from the Balkans or something, maybe you would pick the Midwest, you know, and Chinese people maybe in San Francisco and stuff like where they could have a community because that's how it always worked organically. You would kind of go to the nearest um, point of ingress and it just was a little bit organic. There would be a little bit of a framework there, but they don't. They uh, The way it seems to be now is the opposite. They want to disrupt, but they also come with, with uh, checks to write from the U.S. government. So the U.S. government, which would have potentially some transparency and accountability and have to deal with certain laws and limits, they can outsource. And the people they outsource to, these NGOs, non-governmental organizations, have less laws and limits, less transparency. It's really messed up. It's like the mercenaries in the Middle East. Like it's It's not cool. So I feel like the immigration stuff is highly manipulated. And when I was watching Fox, all they showed was like somebody off camera saying how she didn't want to be here. She didn't want to leave her family. She tries to call, but nobody can answer. She cries, cries, cries. Um, and she spent, even though she is like un, totally impoverished, whatever, she spends all her time trying to help and volunteer. And they're really looking for volunteers who can translate and speak language. They're just creating this sense of crisis and outreach. And, and I believe that on the other end of that, they're creating the problem. And I feel similarly about what's happening with the Haitian refugees on the southern border of the United States. They're like shipping them back. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a hilarious example of Biden being a total racist because it's completely fine to have Afghans and Mexicans, but it's not okay to have Haitians. They're sending them back. I saw that image. I didn't realize it was 
Yeah, wow. I don't buy that. There was one image of a guy on horseback, like basically uh, whipping a, um, or that's the the caption was. I didn't see any whips, but like grabbing a guy, a Haitian looking guy. The guy was on horseback grabbing the guy. And the guy had three blue plastic bags, like knotted at the top full of white styrofoam containers. So they're, they're, and there are other people like that too. They're getting takeout. Like they're getting some food. You know, they're in a system. They are being, you know, wherever he was online to get that food, they could have intercepted him. And instead, this guy's on horseback after him. It's a weird image. I don't really buy it. And when you dig into the story, they're saying that they're, they're, they're gathering up Haitians and sending them back to Haiti so other Haitians don't come. But the Haitians they're getting are coming from like Chile. The story is that they haven't been in Haiti in years and now they're being deported to Haiti. So what I'm saying is there's no doubt in my mind that in Chile or whatever, people are being prompted to emigrate here. They're being prompted to cause this problem or maybe it's completely made up. But you are definitely they I believe that this is a highly manipulated situation and uh I had one last thing about a little offshoot there on the racism issue or topic. Remember yesterday we talked about what is now called the missing white women syndrome? Yeah. Okay. So they were there. There, I didn't realize what I, I noticed that phenomenon, but I didn't realize it had already become something that they were talking about publicly. And it's kind of making me a little more suspicious about this story. The story looks real on its face. I mean, it does look like there are people involved who look like human beings. To me, the pictures of this girl are a little too perfect. She's a little too perfect. And uh, and it's Joy Reid. I don't know. Even, yeah, Joy Reid. MSNBC's Joy Reid. She, she goes into it and she cites certain statistics and whatever. You can read it. I, I put the thing in the show notes. But I just... but. That made me think, like, is this story on the level? I'm not 100% sure. And what really is putting me over the top is that they can't find this guy. The entire world knew that this guy was a was a suspect in the murder of this girl, and they can't find him. They can't find him. And now yeah. I think what you said yesterday is going to happen. Like, it's going to be an internet sleuth thing. It reminds me of the Boston Marathon bombing or Osama bin Laden. All these things where they make the manhunt part of the thing that gets you engaged in the whole story. And I believe now like I game. really think social media is going to be uh, roped in as, a, as an important actor in this. I think so, too. I'm curious for Joy Reid, though. Did she begin reporting on African-Americans that are missing right now? Actually, she could very well do that. Yeah, she was saying she cited statistics from the Black and Missing Foundation, and that suggested the disparity in media coverage between missing white women and non-white women was attributed to missing minorities often being classified as runaways, minority adults being labeled as associated with crime, and minorities being dismissed because it's believed that they live most of their lives in poverty and with crime as a regular part of their lives. I actually think there's some truth to that, both that, that the stats are probably high in all those categories in communities of color but because the stats are higher the stereotype is there too so even stuff that falls outside of that stereotype which is the problem with stereotypes will be clumped in and then that innocent or that person who doesn't fall into that um not that every single person even if you're a drug addict or a criminal if you're missing you sh you absolutely deserve justice so i think there's a lot to it she says that uh 
the reason she went on to say that the reason that they don't look for the black girls and black women is that they don't look like the children of the executives in the newsroom. What I'm saying is she has a platform. She has power. She has millions of followers. Why didn't she put a call out for people who are missing a loved one in the African-American community and say, call me and give me the details and I will get exposure to your case if she wants to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem? Yeah, you know, I did. I did. In the last time this happened, I did look and try to see how often is this really the case where a person just is going through their normal life and just disappears without a trace or that kind of thing. And and it doesn't seem to be very often anyway. So I'm not I, I was actually going to take the time and find someone like that. But I didn't have the time. But you're right. She has the time. She brought that story. I wouldn't have brought that story to national news without exactly what you're saying. Yeah, she gave attention to the very thing she's saying shouldn't give as much attention. So I gave you an example yesterday. Well, I told you yesterday about the four words are trying to demonize. This is going to be an ongoing theme, and I have an example of that process going on. We talked about the narrative warfare early on in the show. This is an example of you have the theme to support the narrative, and here is how you just bang out stories to push that narrative. What are those four words, just for people who missed it yesterday? Yeah, that's right. Do your own research. <laughs> Those evil, evil words. Oh boy, we are we're going to the gulag. That's right. Here's the headline. <laughs> Anti-vax NFL star Cole Beasley offers to buy unvaccinated fans tickets to Buffalo Bills games played on the road. And here's the story. He made this offer on Twitter in reply to a complaining unvaccinated fan after the Bills issued a mandate saying that proof of vaccination would be required to attend home games. They won't even allow you to show a negative test. You have to be vaccinated. This makes the Bills the fourth team in the league to do so. And Beasley said on Twitter, hey, if you find an away game that you're able to get to, then I will buy tickets for you. DM me names and everything, and I'll figure out the best way to make it happen. Now, here's where the variation of the four words, dangerous words, comes into play. The fan was interviewed by Buffalo News, and he said that he had COVID, so he has the antibodies, and he thinks they're just as good as the vaccine. He said the vaccine came out rushed. He doesn't know all the information, in his opinion. There's just such little information. It's all one-sided. That's a variation of this. And on so that is the type of behavior to look for. And then the player himself, Beasley, recently spoke out against the NFL's back vaccine policy, saying that he's not anti-vax, he's pro-choice. And with that said, <laughs> the, issue, yeah, the issue at hand is information being withheld from players in order for a player to be swayed in a direction that he may not be comfortable with. And that when dealing with a player's health and safety, there should be complete transparency regarding information that is vital to the decision-making process. Without having all the proper information, a player can feel misguided and unsure about a very personal choice and it makes them feel unprotected. This is that concept or that mentality of do your own research that they do not like. And the article goes on to say that his tweets, this player's tweets were responded with a torrent of people who were angry at him for not only encouraging unvaccinated fans, but telling them to travel places. And they seeded throughout the article, the CDC stats ensuring you how safe the vaccine is and how dangerous unvaccinated people are. I say good for this guy. I'll say also say good for the 770 Buffalo Bills fans who returned their season tickets when they implemented this policy. That is great. And it makes me sad that they it's clear they want. I mean, there is a bill in Congress to stop unvaccinated people from getting on planes, even domestic. I mean, it's really it's messed up. And uh, but 
It's funny because the FDA approval document, which applies to Comirnaty, which isn't even available here, but the they say it's the Pfizer approval. It's, it's not technically the Pfizer approval. But in there is a call for like seven studies, long-term multi-year studies on myocarditis, pericarditis, and vaccine-enhanced respiratory disease. So he's right. The information is not known, and he's not doing his own research. They're doing the research. He's just waiting for it. That's right. Before we get to our last big story of the Free 30, your papers, please, what the vax mandates really are. I want to tell you about what we're talking about in the DNBXR. Okay, Cupid is dead to me, says Monica, and a vaccine mandate protest gone wrong, what not to do. And of course, a big thanks to today's sponsor of the show, True Hemp Science. True Hemp Science, your CBD experts, they are now offering the Propaganda Report community 40% off of a 10 milliliter bottle of number 23 full spectrum CBD MCT oil when you purchase any product that is more than $43.99. True Hemp Science has lots of great products, great t-shirts, Acapulco gold lotion, smells natural, feels great. They have lots of CBD ointment that you can rub. I have play basketball sometimes my knees will get a little sore rub the ointment on it feels great it, feels better this i think it's called soothing or smoothing cream for sensitive skin oh my gosh it will completely heal your feet it will make your feet soft it's the craziest thing forget the pedicures i just don't have time for that anyway forget about it forget go to truehempscience.com slash prop report and this coupon should be applied automatically but just in case use the prop use the code prop 23 truehempscience.com check them out and we also made a big move yesterday that monica mentioned earlier in that the patron 45 will now be the dnbxr and it is not just going to be for patrons anymore it's going to be for people who are on rockfin as well so for 9.99 a month you can get all of our premium dnb content that's 45 minutes of dnbxr every day that we post a show plus our rockfin only deep dives as well as all of the other content all the other great rockfin creators post as well it's a deal that you don't want to miss out so check it out rockfin.com propaganda report go there today with that said on to our final story of the free 30. So this is a story that I think you and I have been seeing coming, talking about, teasing out for at least this entire year. We may, may even have been ahead of it, but as soon as, well, I should say it really came to a head when Biden said that the federal employees would be um, vaccinated. They would mandate vaccinated. And then I heard shortly thereafter I don't know if it was included in that or if it was a separate order, but anybody in the service would have to be COVID vaccinated because those guys, servicemen and women, get a crazy amount of vaccines. This one being experimental in a novel platform, they weren't requiring it right away, but now they're requiring it. So, And then I had an experience uh, with a nurse like this, and then I've heard all over the place this is happening also in hospitals, and I see it happening in um uh, at schools. And, and just last night, I got a letter asking, telling me that the police department in my little town, half of the cops are going to, and it's like, they're like, 
I mean, I, I don't even know if they have guns. They're like, they're like the guys who cross, help you cross the street. It's like this town doesn't even have any bars in it. It's actually pretty awesome. I love bars, but I love living, living with that. I like to, I don't need bars next door. So anyway, they're very nice and half of them are losing their jobs. They're probably going to be called having been fired, not terminated because they don't want to get the vaccine, probably because they've been really literally on the front lines for a year and a half. And, and when they're, there's like nothing goes on in this town. So when something happens, the cops always show up. There's always like way too many people show up, you know, because there is enough going on. So they probably see every person who's like can't breathe or has a vax reaction. And they're like, no way. So so that so the cops are asking the people to push back against the city council who's saying you don't even have an option to get a PCR test. You have to get a vaccine or you are no longer a member of the police community. So. This is happening in all those institutions, hospitals, schools, the cops, the federal government. I'm sure the state and local governments are getting that, too, in plenty of places. And so what happens then is it is it is on the one hand that Vax card is a loyalty oath. It is you are a card carrying complier, cooperator, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I can't help but liken it to the kind of Nazi kind of thing where or communists where were you a member of the party? Like, I don't think the worm's ever going to turn and and those people will ever be scrutinized. But those are just, see, these are just people who go along to get along, right? Like, that is probably what most of the, like, tens of millions of people voted for Hitler, if I understand correctly. And, you know, most of them weren't wearing uniforms. They were just going with the flow, right? So, So I feel like those cards are, you self-select to be in that group, either because you want to go with the flow or you're a true believer or whatever. But once that happens, you're what I coined Vax Borged. Once you're a member of the Borg, Borg, like you totally believe in the vaccine. And then if you go to the hospital or call the cops or whatever, and you're not vaxxed, which they will ask you, they're not going to treat you very well. And there's nobody there is going to like you or be on your side because they've already purged everybody. And I think Tucker Carlson was pointing it out about the servicemen, about the army. It doesn't only purge people who don't get vaccinated. It purges people who think for themselves, willing to make those choices. It, it's really a self-selecting group of a personality type as much as anything else. Yeah. When these people, some people go on to get along, others, a smaller group of people, the vaccine becomes their identity so they become enthusiastic contact tracers is what we might have seen before but enthusiastic enforcers of the vaccine policies not out of any job out of their own initiative because that is who they have become because it's been become so politicized and indoctrinated in them and those are who the nazis are i actually that goes to my okay cupid story in the in the DNB XR. So I guess we should get to that, but not before I give a big old shout out to one of our newest patron saints, London. Uh, shouts out to us. I love the deep dives and being a patron saint is better than any subscription I've ever had. Two big hug emojis for me and you, Brad. Awesome. So that's Thank fun. you very much. We shall, hopefully we shall meet London in the DPP or a Zoom party soon. I know... I'm sending, I, I have reinstituted, I might not even have put it on the Patreon thing, but anybody who becomes a patron saint, I will send you either an awesome Propaganda Report t-shirt or an awesome Propaganda Report mug. So they're good. They're, it's, this isn't they're fantastic. Just, uh, and just the logo is great. It's such a nice reminder. And if you wear the t-shirt, you never know, you might actually, 
I met my only friend out here because she was wearing a T-shirt that I related to. So I'm a big fan of the T-shirt as identifier. And let's talk more about identity in the DMBXR. They are high quality products for sure. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at the properport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda, Propaganda Report podcast feed. And if you want access to that DMBXR, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there. Thank y'all for listening. We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the DNBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.